Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who's probably wondering, like me, if anyone could possibly be happy with them or adult selves, Ryan Nelson. Uh, Justin, I have a PSA to teens. If there's a gunfight going on, Please don't stop in the middle of it to have a random <laughs> conversation and apologize to an adult That's who's right. in the middle of the gunfight. Please <laughs> yeah. don't ever do that. Oh yeah, that was not probably the best plan on our 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 heroine's part. So, uh, if you have been listening to podcasts since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen to us and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed it as we talk about the last four episode of Amazon Prime's Paper Girls. If you are new or a regular, we would like and would like more access to the show visit our patreon page and become a patron of the main attraction podcast go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level and when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by rating us on spotify and apple podcast leave us a five star rating and if you have time write us a review on apple podcast if you do write us a review on apple podcast we'll read it on air like i'm about to do right now with our newest one so our newest one comes from DWH315. It's a five-star review. And he says, or I'm assuming it's a he. It could be a she. You never know. It's, it's, a, it's a he. I know who this is. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> uh, Justin and Ryan cover entertainment media like everyday viewers, but with insight and analysis that most of us might miss. It's like getting the inside scoop without the Hollywood hype. So uh, we appreciate DWH. Yeah, and his that is my friend, David Hester, okay. who sent me a message that said, hey, man, I finally listen to your podcast. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's like, okay, thank you, I oh, guess. Well, so you so wrote the five-star review. Hey, so like, we, we, we absolutely appreciate it, David. So thank you for, for writing us that review. Uh, look, it helps us get... Uh, if you don't know, it really truly does help us get the podcast in the ears of new listeners. I've found a couple of podcasts this week because I started listening to a few other ones. They just pop yeah. up as to how that whole algorithm works, guys. So, uh, But David will be now entered into our drawing for our Thor Strongest Avenger hat. So if you would be interested in possibly winning our Thor Strongest Avenger hat, do just like David just did. Just go over there. Probably took him less than five minutes to put that five stars in and then mm-hmm. write that two-sentence review. Then take but a half a second to do all that. And I, I'm going to say this every episode. It's a great hat. It is. It's a great hat. <laughs> it's a wonderful hat. So who wouldn't want to win it? All right. Uh, okay, so we are talking about Paper Girls. Uh, we both had this. We, we had issues with the first four episodes, but overall, we thought it was pretty good. Where are you, just generally, before we get into this, with the entire season of Paper Girls? I gotta say, man, uh, five, six, and seven, I didn't enjoy as much. Really? I thought they picked it up in eight. Uh, losing Ali Wong was 
hurt yeah. big time to me. I thought I thought losing her and then losing Nate Cordry for pretty much an episode and almost two. Right? Yeah, they lost him basically for five and six, and he came back for like yeah. seven. And he may have come back at the very end of six. I don't remember yeah, exactly, but. but- Th- those two losses, especially never having Ali Wong again, I think it really affected the show. Now, what helped a little bit, I thought the girl who played adult Tiffany was really good, awesome. and then we got a lot. Of, we got a, lo- a lot of Jason Manzukas, which is always a good thing. Uh, well, but, we didn't, uh, that's the thing that we didn't really get that much of him until episode eight. Though. eight yeah, that's why I think eight's better. We should have. We needed more of him. Five and six, especially, I thought. Uh, I know you really like five. I mean, when you told me why, well, I know we'll get into it. I, I, I understand. But, like, I thought those one dragged on. The other, the first four, I was in on them. Five, especially when they went to the house, mm-hmm. I kind of tuned out a couple of times because I was like, man, this is a lot of exposition. Like, when Mac was getting food and it right. meant nothing to the plot, like, why are you adding food? 15 minutes on an episode for no reason. Yeah, it, it is a long episode. Uh, episode five is my favorite. I will, I will say this. It is my favorite, but it does. It is, I think the longest episode. Uh, mm-hmm. and I've got it pulled up. Well, I had it pulled up. So let me pull it up again real quick. Uh, I found this interesting because when you said it was your least favorite, I kind of thought it would be most people's least favorite. But when I went to, when I went to IMDB, because it does each individual episode, I, it actually is one of the higher rated ones. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So it's at 8.1. It's actually the highest rated one. Uh, it's at 8.1. And the first the first four are not rated as high as the last four. The last, first four are all below eight. But episode five is at 8.1. Episode six is at 7.9. Seven is at eight. And number eight is at 7.9. Uh, so they're all pretty consistent. And what I think, I'll just go ahead and kind of get into it. One, I, the first episode, the episode five of this, I thought it was, I I liked it so much just because, and really five, six, and seven for the most part, just because I thought it, what they did is they trusted these four girls and they said, we're putting the show in your hands. We don't have much of a budget. Like when I saw this episode and when I saw these episodes, because it was very hard for me last week when, because I needed to watch it this week because I wasn't sure how much I was going to be able to watch it. Turns out I would have had plenty of time, Uh, but I watched it. La- I watched all eight episodes last week, and I was really struggling not to kind of give away some of my thoughts on the entire yeah. show without talking about. Uh, didn't just talk about the first four episodes, but when I saw that Jason Manzukis was really in it for just a hot second in episode four and five, and then he finally shows up in episode eight, we get rid of Ali Wong in episode five. Th- that was when I was convinced this show has a really, really low budget. And what they basically yeah. did, in my opinion, is they said we don't have enough money to make the show that we want to make. So what we're going to do is we think we've hired some really good cast in these, in these teenage girls. We're going to let them cook for three or four episodes. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, I thought you know, but you know what the difference between like our viewing, maybe if I had streamed this all the way through and not taken that week break, maybe, mm-hmm. That that could have been the difference because, like I said, as soon as I realized that man, because when once Manzukis left in episode five, because he was only in there for a short minute in episode five, I was like, they don't have a huge budget on this. Because then I yeah. realized that like that the big huge robot fight, I was like, oh, we got good CGI. Maybe we got right, some good CGI right. coming. I was like, no, this is where they spent all of their CGI yeah. budget is yeah. on on this big robot fight because it actually looked pretty good except for the explosion. The explosion looked yeah. really crummy. <laughs> 
I was going to make a guess was episode five. A lot of people like it. I thought I thought they did do a very good job, and you mentioned this about uh, Aaron having the period. Yes, that was a wonderful the, episode. Uh, a scene, uh, that, I'm I, I think that's what pushed this episode. And it, again, like you mentioned, they let the young girls cook and they delivered. Yeah, they did. And I, like I said, I, and for me personally, those were after you get past the big, big robot fight until episode eight, there's almost no CGI in this thing. And that's to me, it was, that was such a refreshing part of it. Cause like you don't hardly get any CGI, which it was so distracting. You don't really, you get some in episode seven when they find that video drone, whatever thing yeah, it was, yeah. but and that looked awful. Uh, it did. But like I said, without getting all the really bad CGI to distract me and just be able to watch like, I was surprised, I'll be real honest with you, because there's not a ton going on. It's just a lot of a lot of exposition, a lot of plot development, uh, a lot of character development, but not a, a whole lot of what apparently makes this comic series so beloved and so uh, well liked by the people who who read it and put it together. But I read some things about what Brian Vake came on and uh, the rest of them were saying they've they said they intentionally went into this trying to make a different show than the source material because one, I, one, I think it's because of money. They don't come out and say yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, another reason is they don't want people to, they want to surprise even the people who are, who are watching it. So they make some decisions that aren't even, are never in the comics. Apparently uh, Tiffany Quilkin, her character has is the least developed in the comics and she's one of the most mm. developed in, yeah. in the show. Uh, she has nothing to do with the invention of time travel. Uh, so th- there's all this stuff. And plus apparently like the, the pterosaurs that eat Larry at, in episode eight, yeah. they're supposedly like, tons of those flying around uh so there's a very different version of this show i think out there somewhere but i think they did the best they could with what they had because i really don't think this this show had much of a budget to be perfectly honest with no you. oh and i want to mention one more thing about five five is uh, i'm, I'm going to give it more credit they did a good job with kj finding out about her sexuality yeah they well. did uh, i thought i thought that was very unique because i'm you can i mean it's a little stereotypical. I mean, she's a field hockey player. I mean, yeah. so they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they kind of go down some stereotypical yeah. roles there. Yeah. But I thought you could tell, at least I could. I don't know if you you were thinking. Having watched it one through eight, the way I did, I could tell that there was probably some things that they were hinting at, and yeah, I really feel like they were hinting at Mac and KJ getting together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for and sure. They, and they do that in the comic, uh, from what I read. Oh, okay, as, as they become a couple in the comic. Uh, but I thought they were really kind of hitting around that. I thought it was interesting to have her, you know, maybe this is something she's kind of been struggling with, but I haven't been real sure. Yeah. But to see her adult self as in uh, her college version of herself, actually in a relationship with another girl that, you know, that has to be, this is where I thought her, the actress who plays her, let me find her again. Cause I've uh, had it up and I've lost it. Uh, the actress who played KJ, we talked about in our last episode that for really the first three episodes, she didn't come across as that impressive, but episode four is when she started to come around. And that is Fina Straza. Uh, yeah, episode after episode four and especially starting in episode five she really picked up and became i thought she was one of the strongest characters in it i I agree i I, I agree uh i did make fun of her for annoying scene at the end but uh i i thought i thought she was really really strong on on her performance and and delivering some stuff like like the the scene you're mentioning when matt touches her hands and she feels an attraction and Mm -hmm. she's like 
oh, right. That's what this has been. Right. Exactly. You know, so that was the, that was good, man. You may get me to change my uh, score on this one. after <laughs> all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought she, I thought she was really good. Cause I think also, and this is what I worry about the show. These are young girls that some have acted a pretty good amount. I think Mac had acted a pretty good amount, but I don't know if the others had. Right. And so they, they have to, and they're annoying teenage kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I could see where some people get annoyed with the show in those episodes, especially when they don't have Alec Wong to right. fight with. Right. And I, and, and I think that hurts, but I will say, like I mentioned, this adult Tiffany comes on, I think episode six. Episode and she six. was really good. Yeah, she was. And I think this was her first role. I was shocked by that. Yeah. I went uh, looking for her in from some other stuff that she did. So I looked her up on IMDb and I'll pull it up again real quick, but she's only got like one or two little screen credits. And I think yeah. most of them are tiny little parts to be. Sakay Abini. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was, she was really good. I, I, I was really impressed with her uh, because uh, like I said, when I saw Ali Wong was gone, I was like, Oh man, uh, yeah, and then also, you know, Larry. I'm still not sure what his plan was. Yeah, I'm not sure either. That was weird. The the biggest issue I have with the show, to be perfectly honest with you, is the time travel stuff. Because like, if Larry dies here in 1999, how can he be there for them when they come to the come to the future in 2019 and they get right. help? Like, there's some wonky, wonky time travel stuff in this. Yeah. If you start stop to yeah. think about it, well, because you know they already hint. Priorus, they mention, hey, will uh, adult Aaron be back right in the future if if we fix this in the past? And there, and she she doesn't say no, right? But uh, so I'm like, oh, we're going to see Nate Cordry and Ali Wong again, and we might. I mean, that's and that, I, like the, yeah. they don't establish any real rules or how no. time travel works in this, and that's that is a huge detriment to the show. I personally believe, yeah, because they ask you just kind of forget about that stuff. Cause like cause every time, like they mention something to one of their older selves or their younger selves, like this happened, like when Tiffany is talking to her younger self and she tells her all about getting kicked out of MIT, uh, like all of this stuff is like going to, how does this not affect like the whole yeah. time space time continuum? Like, right. And which is okay. If like, if you're establishing some rules about like the one thing about end game, one thing I liked about it was that when they said in end game, like you can't change the past. Doesn't matter. Like you're creating different, you're creating different timelines. Every time you go back in the future, your time, what happens to you in the past doesn't change. Even if you go back in, to the past like that's like another version of yourself is what that like i said they gave rules for it even if you didn't like the rules in endgame they at least gave yeah. some rules for it we have no rules here and that's probably that's like I said, that's one of the biggest things i had with the show is like plot wise anyway is that there are yeah. no rules of this time travel and i'm really having a hard time following it so yeah let me mention one last thing that annoyed me in episode five well two things one when aaron when adult aaron sacrificed herself and those girls ran straight back to the same trailer and stayed there. I was screaming at right. the TV. <laughs> like, she literally said, get out Get out, here. and you're sitting right there. Exactly. And she died, she died so you could escape, and you stayed in the same spot. Like, they would have been caught. Like, in the earlier episodes, they made it look like these girls were kind of smart, and that's why they hadn't got caught. Mm-hmm. That was extreme they would have gotten caught that was extremely dumb yeah, there's no was. reason why they hadn't got so that was that was number one number two young aaron having four 
alcoholic drinks at 12 right. and she's not vomiting she's everywhere not no way <laughs> yeah there's no there, way yeah there, there's some plot stuff that honestly just doesn't work like I said but what makes the show work is the four is the four yeah, girls it, it does. and that's what that's where this show thrives and like i said i think they really truly made that decision at some point it's just like we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna lean on these four girls and we're gonna let them do what we think they're capable of doing and it, it like i said i can excuse some of the stuff that they do in this because they made such a bold decision to rely on teenage girls to carry their story yeah. who were mostly inexperienced. I mean, they all have a few acting credits in the end of their belt, but this is by far the biggest role for all four of them. Oh, absolutely. And I was going to ask you, since you've done, done some research about the, the, the uh, comic or it's a graphic novel, wasn't it? Uh, it's, I think it's a comic that they turned into graphic novels. I think okay. I'm percent positive. All right. So, does adult Aaron die like she does? I, I didn't. I couldn't find. I couldn't find that when I was doing the research on it. So, I'm so like that's, I'm with you. It has to be budget because if you're not stuck to the source material, why wouldn't you just kill her off in the eight? Yeah, I know. Like I said, I think it comes down to budget because you get her for five episodes. It's a lot cheaper than doing it for yeah. three episodes. Yeah. And honestly, like with Jason Manzukis, I think it comes down to like how many days they had to have him on set because I think he could probably have done what he did. In two oh, or three yeah. days tops. <laughs> Absolutely. Because he's wearing the same clothes, right? Wasn't he wearing he the same He does change. Shirt? I think once he gets to that ship, I think he changes. Okay. But I'm not 100% positive about that. But I know yeah, for like so, episode four and five, he's wearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and he's in both those episodes for what, two minutes? Yeah. Episode four, like 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but episode five, yeah, at most five minutes. At most yeah, five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and he he did use his five minutes well. He, he did. He used them great. I'm, look, I have no complaints about Jason. The only complaint I have about no. Jason Manzukis is how little he was in this show. Yeah, I was. I, one of my notes was the thought of him being the main villain of season two makes me excited. Yeah, I'm hoping that if they do a season two, they'll invest some money in this and actually like get him involved in this. Yeah. That's that's my hope. So, uh, look, let's go. Let's kind of talk about some of the each individual episode a little bit. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you, they try to make it, they, they say over and over again that Larry lied to them, that he sent them on purpose back to 1999 instead of 1988. I don't know that that's necessarily the truth because when they first get there, he seems upset because he realizes they're in 99. Did not, did you catch that? I thought the same thing. Yeah. So I don't know if this is just something they kind of didn't realize that they had left in there or if the girls were just so mad they couldn't really get their head around the fact that, yeah, it seemed like there was a mistake made. So let's let's just assume that that they're mad because they're not home. That's what I'm kind of thinking too, because yeah. like I said, I, when they kept saying this, like he was upset that they weren't where they yeah. were supposed to be. So, I, I thought the same thing. Uh, so like I said, that was one of the things I, I never really kind of caught on with uh, episode five. The robot fight, like I said earlier, it looks fantastic. Apparently, there are it lots is. of these these robot fights in in the comics. There's a lot of these robot fights. I don't know if it's, there's more robots or if it's just they have this one robot that goes and does battle with a whole bunch of other robots. I don't know how that works, but apparently there's a lot more of them. But they get one, they get this one really good one, and they're like, okay, there's yeah. our CGI budget. Uh, but like I said, I thought it was great. Uh, but when they say when Aaron tells Mac that she needs her to steal something, did you have any idea what was coming? 
No. No, I didn't either. When I realized it was tampons, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. It really of, was. That was a good scene. None of them had any clue how to work a tampon. They see the whole thing about shock syndrome or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah. gosh, we can't do this. How Why would anybody put this in their body? Uh, just absolutely fantastic watching them go through that. I was like, so there's not a lot of laughs in this show, but that was yeah. by far the funniest scene of the entire thing. Uh, I did going to KJ's house was interesting because we have them broken up in the two sets. We have the one girl, the one set who were going through stealing money, Aaron and Macker, they're stealing the money. Uh, you got KJ and Tiffany who that interesting thing where KJ sees her old, her puppy that was a puppy and then yeah. now it's a, a grown dog and the dog still remembers her because that's what dogs do. Uh, they, they remember yes. the smell. Well, we saw that in the Adam project as well. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Saw that in the Adam project. So loved, loved all of that part. Of yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Uh, just fantastic. But I, I was like, you mentioned earlier how they did this whole thing about KJ realizing that she's lesbian, that she's gay. Uh, I thought it was brilliant just because, you know, that mm-hmm. this is something that maybe KJ realizes that she is wondering about herself that, you know, am I really this way? And to just have it shockingly put before you in that manner was just, I thought, really good. And I thought Fina Straza did a spectacular job with that. And I thought her character arc just completely picked up after that. I, I agree with you. Uh, I did think it was odd that she was just walking around the house dressed in the same clothes that and there are pictures of her right looking just like that all over the house that that doesn't make sense that you would do that to be that uh specific on right. it you know yeah that that was a little weird and then also um K- older kj and her girlfriend obviously have horrible communication because they don't mention right that, that the girlfriend has mentioned has met KJ's cousin multiple right, times. She never mentions, Hey, I met your cousin. cousin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, I, I don't see that relationship making it. If that communication is that poor. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Hey, I met your cousin. You would think at some point they would say that, yeah. but she never does. So, uh, but like I said, I, I loved all, I loved all of that. I loved how they, they handled it. And I love the fact that, you know, as KJ ends up punching Mac, when because she's just mm-hmm. mad and she doesn't really know what to do with herself so she ends up punching mac and that's where things kind of get chaotic and this is where tiffany says all right i'm going to call my older self and it begins the process that every some every single one of them has done they have to be disappointed in their older self. And at first she loves her older self and even one yeah, of the other she looks cool she does she, she looks cool and one of the other girls even says you know uh because they're bonding they're having a great time together and one of the other girls says well tiffany's always loved herself <laughs> yeah that was funny I, that was good uh like i said i love that but eventually that starts to break down because like i said at the beginning of the show you know I, it's hard for your 12 year old self to ever, unless you absolutely lived up to whatever high floating dream you had of yourself at age 12, it's hard to believe that your 12 year old self would be happy with yourself. We kind of talked about that last week. So, um, well, it it didn't help that she was dating just a surfer dummy. Yeah. That was obviously that is not flying with, with younger Tiffany. She's like, why are you with this guy? What's the, what's the point? And Tiffany makes a great point. It's, you know, she's not going to marry the dude. She's just having fun. And Tiffany has a hard time understanding that she doesn't understand that you can do something like this just, just to have fun. So, uh, I thought it was interesting. The fact that, 
KJ goes to the matinee where her older self and her mm-hmm. older self's girlfriend is. She learns about Kubrick by watching 2001. I've never seen 2001 all the way through. I have, I have never seen it as well. I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. It was one of my mom's favorite movies. <laughs> when, oh, okay. I was, when I was, when I was like a kid and mom would ask me to come watch it. And obviously I'm a kid and I'm like, I'm not going to go watch that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Kubrick obviously though is a great director and he's got so many classics and this is how she learns about Kubrick. And, I was interested to see if she would find the same joy in Kubrick. They don't really address that, did they? No, they didn't. No, no. Which I thought Mm -hmm. was kind of odd, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, But what I also liked was when both Tiffany's head off to Larry, because actually they do introduce him in episode six. I thought they only introduced him back in episode seven. So they get Larry back. And Nate Cordry, or is that, am I pronouncing his name right? Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Okay, Nate Cordry. He has, he does a really, really good job in this and his role is probably a little bit undervalued in this because he has the really, he's the really confident person that he is in the, in the first few episodes where he's first introduced has his stuff together. But now he's like 18 months removed from being recruited. He's not nearly as confident. He's not as he, he's a little bit kind of, I don't know what the word is. Uh, he just isn't quite as sure of himself and the way that he pulls that off, I think, is really good. He has to do two different things in, in this in this show. He has to be two different people, even though he's playing the same character, which I thought was really good by him. I, I agree with you. He did a really good job. I also, they did do a little de-aging on him. Yeah, a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, so he looked much younger, so mm-hmm. they did put some CGI on him. But, yeah, he did a really good job of playing really two different roles. Yeah, I thought he did a great job of it. And like I said, I think his his role is a little undervalued in this just because you don't when you think about this show, you're going to think about the four girls. But what he was doing, I thought, was really good. Look, it's obviously a, a, a smaller role than what the other four girls are. But pulling that off is what keeps this show cranking along instead of just being average in my opinion. So Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was going to something else about young Tiffany and adult Tiffany, like especially how Aaron was so disgusted, how adult Aaron was and, and Ali Wong was kind of, you know, not, not look dressed in sweats and stuff like, like, you know, adult Tiffany was like confident, hot, mm-hmm. and right. like, you know, owning the room. Like, I don't care if she's not in my tea. You got, I would be like, dang, all right, <laughs> that's me. I'm excited. Yeah. And that just kind of goes to, you know, I think of what it goes to is just how narrow of a vision you have for yourself at their age. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously, like you said, you know, this, the older version of herself was obviously very cool, had uh, a lot going for her. She was obviously still very smart, very intelligent, like she anticipated, but because she didn't fit into that very narrow vision that she had for herself, this is why Tiffany eventually ends up being very disappointed in her older self. Yeah. And I think that's just, it just shows how much you have to kind of grow and adjust as you, as you get older and things you just don't understand when, when you're a child. And that's what they are. They're children. Uh, as much as they think they're older, trust me, because I work with kids this age all the time. <laughs> they, they aren't quite as old as they think they are. So, no. um, but what's interesting about this is they finally get the cipher for for his book that they gave that he gave to them in 2019, and when they go through ciphering it, they realize it's going to be seven years before they another fold opens up, and this is all depressing for them. They're, they're disheartened, uh, so it it ends with this. It ends kind of on a sour note, but it also ends with 
what looks like, and this is how they get the name for episode seven. It looks like the, this, the hole in the sky is just burping stuff out from 1988. Yeah. And that's where they get the name burping trash hole for episode seven. Uh, yeah. I love the, this is where it starts to finally, cause I was interested where they're going to go with this one. And there's still a ton of plot development in this one. There's still a lot of character development in episode seven. And I thought it was interesting because one of the things that they do with this is there's this big, huge, long conversation with Tiffany and, the two Tiffany's mm-hmm. and I thought it was just a really great conversation for the two of them. I thought this is, you know, this is what they decided they were going to make their show is they, yeah. and this is where I really figured it out is okay. They're just banking on great performances is what they are banking on. And this is the, this is the scene that, sh- that sold it for me is at this coffee shop when these two Tiffany's are just constantly playing off each other, showing their Tiff- younger Tiffany's disappointed, older Tiffany's getting mad because she, her younger self doesn't understand. And she remembers exactly who she was as that 12 year old. And it's just making her mad because she knows that the younger version won't understand. And if she has no idea what the the older version has gone through, I love that entire scene. I thought it was really good. And I also liked how, you know, older Tiffany was like, Hey, mom and dad, uh, yeah, they're not as great as you think right. they are. Mm-hmm. And, and, she, and she just will not hear that her mom is no. not great. She yeah. just won't have it. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, just the whole, and she doesn't, and she finally reveals to her younger self that she's adopted. And that, oh, yeah, that, woo, that, that was a revelation. Yeah, that was just completely sets the younger version off. She's, just as mad as she can be. She doesn't, she's not going to accept it. She thinks that there's no possibility that this could ever possibly be true. And one of the, I liked about this is she isn't willing to accept it. And as mad as she is at the time when, when she finds out that she's adopted, she still won't accept the fact that the older version, it changed the way that she thought about her mother. It changed the way that she viewed her life because it took them so long for them to tell her because it was after she, she graduated high school before they ever told her. And you know, that's a huge mistake as a parent's part. If you're going huge, to, if you're huge. going look, you need to obviously wait and figure out the best time to tell them, but you can't wait till they're an adult. You just can't. Right. Especially when it sounded like to me, the adult Tiffany, was in the middle of trying to decide what she was going to do and was like questioning, Hey, do I want to do this? And then you drop that news on her going to sophomore year of college. I can't think of a worse time. Yeah. It's a terrible time to to be dropping that information on, on your daughter. And at that point, it's almost like if you haven't told me now, why are you telling me at all? Uh, I guess because you just don't want them to, you don't want your daughter to find out on their own, but like I said, it, you have to realize when you're, if you're, like I said, the 12 year old self could never understand how big of a, how big of an impact this had on the adult version of herself. And then all this, again, starts throwing into my question about, all right, how does all this work in time travel wise? Because, you know, that's going to affect her, the 12 year old version self, a version of herself, and you know, it's going to affect her opinion of her mother. So, uh, again, yeah, there, there's some issues I have with that, nevertheless. That's uh, a very good, yeah. T- you just have to throw out the, the what we know from other stuff about time travel continuum. <laughs> yeah, you really do because like yeah. they don't really address it in, in the show at all. Uh, but Larry shows up to Tiffany's apartment and tells Aaron that she has, uh, she has to see the big burping sky. And he also calls Jupiter, Juniper. So we get Juniper back in this. And the one thing I thought was interesting about Juniper is apparently Juniper is like some, 
like bigwig in the STF, which I, I didn't see that company when we first no. get introduced to her. So I was like a little surprised by that, but she seems to have a really good knowledge about what was going on, even though we don't really get a whole lot from her. What's going on. I still was, I thought it was interesting to bring her back into the show. Yeah. I thought it was, it was interesting. And yeah, that, that uh, young lady and let me find her name. She, she's, she was really good. She was another one that, uh, now does she get, I'm trying to remember. Does she get killed? Not well. I'm trying to think. No, she didn't. She didn't get killed in at this moment because she's the ones ones that got. I forget what the word is, but got sent up to the ship to have her mind yeah. wiped. And I don't know why. I don't know why Larry doesn't end up getting sent up to the ship to have his mind wiped. Not really sure exactly how all that worked, but nevertheless. Uh, yeah, Celeste Aries is the actress name. Yeah, like her. if she comes back for season two, I would be fine because I, I thought she was good. Yeah, I thought she was too. So. We also, she explains Cathedral to us, uh, and she also destroys that probe, and that's kind of where we end episode seven, and episode eight uh, is where it kind of, it goes back to the bunkers area that it was kind of at the end of episode of episode four. So, look, and, and shout out to Meemaw. Oh, yes, Meemaw. I forgot about Meemaw. <laughs> so, uh, I loved her. She was, she was fantastic. Yeah. She's the one who finds the probe and was wondering what the heck it was. So uh, we finally get Jason Manzoukas back. He's finally back to us here in Episode 8. And this is when we got the bonker show. Look, the, the CGI is still not great. The the pterosaur is, looks kind of like a giant pelican. <laughs> yeah. uh, and nevertheless, like I said, I was happy to have Jason Manzoukas back because I was hoping to have him a whole lot more when episode, when he yeah. finally showed up in episode four. But regardless, we finally get our money's worth with Jason Manzoukas in episode five. Yeah, yeah. And then let's just mention that again. When he shows up in four, you're thinking, "Oh man, he's going to be the star right. of the next." Like you said, he's in one scene at the first. <laughs> it's five, right? And then he he takes over. But my guess is. They didn't have a script for Manzoukas. They told him, okay, here's what you're supposed to do. Right. Go with it. And by the way, you can say as many F-bombs as you want. Yeah, I think you're probably <laughs> right about that based yeah. on based on the dialogue and stuff. Like I said, it was just and fantastic. he delivered. He does. He, he absolutely delivers. They don't get him for much, but what they do get him for, he's absolutely fantastic in. Uh, so, like I said, it's... It's really good what I think they're doing here. They're trying to get back to 1988. They've got this fold thing opening up, and they think they're getting ready to go back. And what they realize is when they open up that walkie-talkie, and because Juniper has revealed to them that like the old-school walkie-talkies is how they can communicate through time, which I don't understand, but nevertheless, uh, when, they're, when they're talking, they realize it's Mac from 1988. He's talking to them, and they're stuck in this time loop, and that nothing has changed. And, you know, like I said, my mind is kind of being boggled at this point. Like, okay, I don't mm-hmm. understand how all this works because you had people who have died. How can this time loop actually take place? But nevertheless. Um, oh, and I've got, I've got another issue. So no one else in the town can see that big hole and weird color in the, in the sky. That didn't bother me as much just because I felt like this farm was just so remote that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. I could live with that. That's the one thing I actually could have lived. Yeah. Cause I was, I thought about that for a second. Then I remember when we got big wide shots of the, of the farm and stuff, I was like, okay, well this is just a really remote farm. And I think that's probably, yeah. what that was so and let me just tell the the audience i nearly just fell out of my chair we almost had quite a nice little chuckle because that would have been hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i was about to hit the, i had to grab myself i was about to hit the ground that yeah, would have been funny yeah. <laughs> so uh but priorist makes a deal with them uh she makes a deal with the girls basically saying that 
they can go back and forget all this never ha- ever happened that they can go back to 1988 none of this will have they, they will forget all about this and they don't have to uh, ever worry about it again and for the most part they seem to be okay with it at least mac is especially okay with it she's just like yeah. you know what i'm i'm going to die anyway i'll just i want to go live my life the way the way i can for these last four years kj is not is on board with it and she's kind of the reason why they decide to she's kind of the reason why they end up not doing it they don't end up taking the deal uh because she kind of points out the fact that larry ends up getting eaten by a pterosaur look there are many ways i don't want there are many ways that don't terrify me about dying but getting eaten alive is not one way i want to go and and i have to say it was odd seeing that just for that one scene we haven't seen anything like that before Mm -hmm. and then it just disappears yeah pretty much Mm -hmm. that would that was i gotta say that was kind of odd and let me one more thing i thought one of the reasons I really liked eight when the girls were making up on the scene before Priorus comes really first KJ and Mac right. and then all the girls together. I thought that was really good. Yeah, it was. Then it that's the show. heart of the show. Yeah. That's what makes this show. It's what makes this show work. It's really one of the few things that make the show work. Cause there's a lot yeah. of issues that yeah. like I said, uh, maybe I'm too forgiving of the show just because I really truly believe that this is a show that is cursed by a, a small budget. Uh, yeah, and it's what makes this is what makes the show work is those four girls just working together, acting good together, and you know learning to love each other and become friends, and which is something apparently they never did in their regular timeline. So uh, I, I loved all that. Uh, I, I hate the fact that Larry dies twice in the show. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't die a pleasant death either time. I mean, he gets ev- no. eviscerated in, by laser guns and then gets swallowed whole by this pterosaur. So I'm like, he's like being digested and knows it. Like, I just can't, ugh, I hate that. Uh, but it's interesting is when they take all four girls up to the cathedral because they finally get them to come out. Priorus comes to them and she is, I really wasn't sure what she was doing, but it turns out she's betraying the old watch because she wants the four girls to go to a time period in the future where they can basically kind of stop all this. And like I said, I wasn't really sure what they were going with it. Uh, but I thought they, I thought this was interesting. This is completely different than way the, than what happens in the comics. Apparently, none of this happens in the comics. I, I, like well, it, she kind of explains that Tiffany is is the key to all of it, mm-hmm. and she's like the leader and like mm-hmm. the one you know that really starts the war. Right. That maybe she could stop it. Right. And then, yeah, that's what that's what it is because she drops that note into Tiffany's truck right before she gets zapped up in uh, to the older Tiffany's. She drops that note where it says you invent you invent time travels. So go do it. It's basically what she's telling her to do. And so I guess after she gets back, she sees that note and she goes about trying to invent time travel and she ends up doing it. And that's why this whole thing gets started. And apparently this is, there's none of that in the comics. A lot, at least that's from what I have read. Interesting. So like I said, to take, they've made a completely different version of this, of this show than what they did in the comics. And Brian came on, which I was surprised about was completely on, excuse me, was completely on board with it. Um, but the whole end of the scene, you know, they end up getting split up because Priorus gets shot. They come to her aid uh, and this ends up get, having the two of them get split up. Uh, Jason Manzoukas again shows up. I'm like, all right, we got Jason Manzoukas again. I'm, I'm, I'm all for this. Uh, but you get KJ and Matt going in one pod and 
we're assuming they go to the future. We don't really know because we don't see them. But yeah. Tiffany and Aaron end up in another pod and they go back to the past. It looks like it looks like they're watching the longest yard, which is in seventy four. So right. It's, it's got to be seventy four or seventy five. Yeah. From what I've read, is most people think it is about it's right around seventy five is when this was taking place. So. I said, I don't know what they're doing here because like, well, okay, so what are we doing Why by sending the past? Like, I don't know where the show is going. Uh, I, I have no idea if they're going to get a second season. I, I haven't well, seen it. Well, can I, can I mention something kind of gross? Sure. Uh, most, a lot of 75 is where these girls are conceived. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess you're right because 12, yeah, uh, they were 12 and 88. So yeah, that's about the time that they end up getting conceived. So you're probably right. So yeah, Ew. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm guessing that was a summer movie that they were that yeah summer driving. So yeah, it's probably right about the, right about the same time. Yeah, so okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Uh, look, as I do the math, I'm wondering if my parents were there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, we went there. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh man. Uh, yeah. All right, back on track. Uh, so, uh, like I said, this show, look, what I firmly believe about the show is that there is this. I thought it was good. I thought it was a solid show. I enjoyed it. I went, like I said, when I think about just what I'm saw in front of me and you can, there, it is rare that you can see a show or a movie is making decisions based on their budget. And, but this one, it is clear they were making decisions based on their budget. And I think there's probably a better version of this show that could be made, but I think they did the best with what they could. At least that's what I think. So, no, I agree with you. Uh, Definitely. Uh, I I really hope they get a season two. I I really do. There's a lot more story there. Uh, and not to mention, uh, Amazon needs good shows. I mean, they do. do. And then also with four teenage girl leads, Mm -hmm. like, that seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. So I'll be interested in what they do with it. I, I was really hey, go ahead. Uh, well, let's give them credit too on this show. They tackle things that Stranger Things has not done a good job of. Yeah, that's true. They have mm-hmm. about you know the the period, the sexuality. Mm-hmm. So like you got to give them credit. Yeah, you do. I thought it was one of the th- interesting choices I thought they made is by making it a little more adult oriented. Yeah. I think this could have been, I kind of think that's a mistake. Look, but just because you have four, four teenage girls, you could have drawn in a lot younger audience with this Mm -hmm. and still had an adult appeal to it. And, but with, when you start making them as foul mouthed as they were and uh, tackling some of those issues, like I said, I think you are alienating your audience some, which I think was oh, a mistake. Oh, absolutely. Them, so. No, I, I definitely, I mean, I would imagine that mostly older teens, almost out of high school, are the only ones watching this at that age. Yeah. You know, before, had you not done all that, maybe a 12 or 13-year-old would have watched. Yeah, because, I mean. Uh, but like with Stranger Things, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at one time, I was thinking before I started watching this, like, maybe this is, might be something for my daughter before I actually started watching. Then uh, as soon as I turned it on, I was like, no, nope. this is not something for my daughter. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not watching with my daughter. <laughs> so I was like, okay, can't do that then. Uh, but anyway, uh, anything else you want to say before we get to our awards and our ratings? Uh, let me make sure I had written a, a bunch of notes down. Let me make sure. No, uh, give them another. Give them another season. Amazon. That's my my last thing. 
Yeah, I hope they get another season. I'll, because I, like I said, I hope they get another season. I hope they get a budget, and that way it ends up actually yeah. we get a little bit of a a better produced show than anything else. So, all right. So here on the Main Attraction Podcast, every time we wrap up a season of a show, we give six awards. They are all based on the char- six characters of Friends. Uh, starting first is the Rachel, the star of the show. Who are you giving your Rachel to? So I'm gonna do a co and I and. W- the- our conversation says it all, man. It's the four leads. Cameron Jones is Tiffany. Riley Lynn is Aaron. Sophia Rosinski is Mac. And Fina Straz is KJ. I think all four of them deserve the Rachel. I think you could. I didn't go all four. Uh, I ended up giving it... I was struggling because I thought, honestly, I thought um, Riley Lane that was kind of the star of the first four, and I thought Cameron Jones was the star of the last four. Uh, I'm going with Cameron Jones just because I think when she kind of took over, I thought she took over better than what young Aaron was in the first four. So that's that's where Uh, I was. I I, I can see that. And I thought Max Stick got a little old. Yeah, it does. It kind of got a little old yeah. at the end. The whole I'm but tough. I still, I, I'm still going with all four because the, they, they asked, they put a lot on those four young ladies. And oh, I yeah. Think they, yeah, they absolutely 100% put a lot on them. So next is the Joey, a character that isn't necessarily the star, but a character you just liked or just enjoyed regardless. Who is your Joey for uh, Paper Girls? So I went with Co here because as we've mentioned Anytime these two weren't in episodes, it really suffered. And Ali Wong as adult Aaron and Nate Cordry as, as Larry. They they were really missed when they weren't on the show. Yeah, I thought they were too. I thought they were very missed. This is where I ended up going with uh, Phoenix Draza as KJ Brandman. Uh, K, yeah, as KJ Brandman. I thought, like I said, I wouldn't have guessed that after the first three episodes, but sure, she just did a, such an amazing job in the last five that I really enjoyed her character a lot more than I thought I was ever going to. So. Uh, next is the Chandler, the person who made you laugh the most. Who is your Chandler for Paper Girls? I went with Jason Manzukas as the grandfather. Yeah, that's where I went as well. I thought he was. I thought he was spectacular. Yeah, in the, he was. In what little he was. bit that he was in, I thought he was spectacular. So, uh, next is the Phoebe, the character that's just kind of odd and weird, uh, kind of the oddball of the, gr- of the group. Who is your Phoebe for uh, Paper Girls? I went with uh, Dina Porter as Prioress, which I really enjoyed her character. And then all of a sudden, she's the, a good guy. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, she's a good guy. So. Yeah, like, what? She was like such a horrible villain trying to right. kill these girls. And at the very end, she's like, yeah, I've changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, you're, you're not wrong about that. So uh, this is where I went with... Uh, this is where I went with Sophia Rosinski as Mac, just because... Uh, she was different than the rest of them. Uh, she, the, yeah. the others, the other trying doing the mean, uh, tough, you know, stuff was very different than the other three, other four girls. It so. was for sure. So that's why I ended up going with her. Uh, next is the Monica. Uh, the Monica is the character that plays an important role, but isn't necessarily the star, but still plays an important role regardless. Who was your Monica? I went with two people here. I went with uh, adult Tiffany. Because I thought I thought she was just so good, uh, and so needed. And then I really I hate that he never came back. Dylan Cole, Cliff Chamberlain. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he was only in those, I guess the second and third. Ep- well, I guess three and four. He was felt all through the whole show. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his impact, and he was really good. And so uh, uh, I, I mentioned him. And then also, we still don't know if he ever did anything with Max Blood. 
Yeah, we still don't. I'll, I'll be yeah. interested what happens with that. So, uh, this is where I went with, with Riley Lane and Elette just because I've, I've run out of spots for the girls. So, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. with her. Uh, next is, and last but not least, is the Ross, your least favorite character of the show. Who was your least favorite? Mine was when the girls were being dumb, like not leaving the trailer and interrupting Pyrus <laughs> in the middle of the fight. You know, this was one I left blank just because I couldn't, there weren't really any characters in this I didn't like. I know. I agree. That's why I just thought of this them being dumb those couple of times. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the interesting things. I mean, you know, I kind of thought I was going to go with Pyrus just because throughout the, throughout the course of this, just because she's hunting the girls down, but she kind of yeah. has a, she has that turn at the end and it kind of changes the way you feel about her. Uh, so like I said, I, I left it blank because I just really couldn't think of anybody. So I, I left my, that one blank for me so yeah all right uh all right so our rating uh, here on the main attraction podcast we rate every season of a show after we have finished watching it we start at the top with a game of thrones uh beneath the game of thrones is a lost at the middle of the road is friends uh beneath friends is a full house and at the bottom of the barrel for us is a baywatch where does this show fall for you i'm struggling on this one so i'm gonna let you go i did have lost the last time but i, I i'm 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 in. I'm in between. I would say I'm a three point five, but I want to listen to you, and it may it may make it may help me okay, make I, a decision. I had it at a loss. I'm keeping it at a loss. Look, this show has a lot of issues, and I have been forgiving of this show probably more so than I have been most shows. And like, it really goes to what we kind of talked about. This show you see budget decisions left and right on a show. You see that they are making decisions based on, okay, we don't have a ton of money, so we can't do everything that we necessarily want to do. We can't have the big robot fights. We can't have the, the dinosaurs all over the place. We can't have our big name actors in the entire run of the season. So we've got to make some decisions about this and we're going to, we're just going to hope and pray that we, we, we feel confident that we made the right choice with these four girls to play these four leads, and we're going to just let them kind of carry the show at times. And like I said, so I'm forgiving of it probably a lot more than I have been of, of other shows just because like there are a lot of there are probably as many story issues in this show as we had with Boba Fett. There's probably as many story issues that we had in this show as possibly with the terminal list, but I forgive a lot of it just because I can tell they didn't have the resources that they to work with that those shows had to work with. So I still keep it with a lost. Uh, it, it's right there. It's right there to strong loss for me. It's not anywhere close to a game of Thrones. It's not really leaning towards a friends. Like I said, that's the reason why I go with it. I, I forgive it for a lot of the reasons because I can tell what they were doing when they were making it. Okay. Uh, I'm, you almost have me. I'm going to go with the friends. I just think it has too, too many issues, but I will say, uh, I think they did a really good job on when they tackled difficult subjects. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, really good too. job. Mm-hmm. I, I will I will give them credit for that. But and I hope they come back for a season two. I really do. And I hope Amazon, you give them some money and get them a couple of big name actors right. in the background. Give them Menzukas the whole time. Find a way to bring Ali Wong and Nate Cordier back. And you know, I just thought of something. You know who'd be a great actor to have in this? And it would that? be cool. Uh, Michael Bean, who was Kyle Reese in The Terminator, who came back oh, to yeah. help. Mm-hmm. That would be cool yeah, if he be. showed up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Stranger Things has brought back nostalgia. They have. Nostalgia mm-hmm. 
because Leah Thompson from Back to the Future. Oh yeah, that would be cool. I would, yeah, I'd so be, I'd be there are people that. that they, that, you know, that they that wouldn't be as expensive that they could have in here. That would be fun. But find a big name like Ali Wong, like you have in this one, and and have them in the cast to, to help these young ladies. Yeah, I hope they find a way to get a, this this show a second season. Like I said, I hope they find a way to give them a budget this time around that yeah. they do. So, like I said, I think there's a very, I think this is a solid show, but I think there's a better, I think there's a better version of the show that could have been made and they just didn't budget for it for some reason i don't really know yeah know why i mean when you when you adopt a comic property especially from what i have read with as much stuff going on in it as this comic apparently does you you better put in a budget for it and they don't they didn't really seem yeah. to do that in this one so uh, and i'm going to have advice for people and it's I, I thought about this during our conversation Tell people to binge this. Do not break yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you could do, and I think that's what hurt my viewing, because if you watch a few episodes, because like there are shows, one of the ones I'm recommending, I did this. I watched a few episodes and I stopped for a while and I came back and I enjoyed it moving on. This one, you will not. Right. And you may, you probably will quit. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so a, tell people to just binge all the way through. Just get it get, get it, and go through it. <laughs> so uh, I yeah. would agree with that. So, All right, speaking of recommendations, let's go ahead and get into those real quick. What do you have for recommendations for this week? All right, I got two. The first one is the show I was just talking about, Pachinko on Apple+. Plus. Okay. Uh, we went back and started watching again. We had watched the first two episodes mm-hmm. and still not through with it. Uh, watched several episodes, but man, it's really good. I picked right back up yeah, I need and to it's it. so, it's so interesting. It was really interesting. And in fact, there was a Japanese band that did a cover of a cure song that I loved. I've been oh, listening really? to ever since. <laughs> it, it, there is a Pachinko soundtrack, uh, that's uh, on. It's uh, the Cure song is "In Between Days," and they do a fantastic cover. And it's a really cool scene in the show. So I, I would recommend Pachinko. I, I'm hoping to uh, finish it. The other, um, I have not watched this movie, but there is a movie. I, we mentioned it in uh, the uh, prior the, our uh, Patreon. The Prey, which is a Predators Predator prequel, right. is on Hulu, and it's getting incredible reviews. So I will warn uh, the original Predator is on Hulu as well. I watched it like last year. It had been a long time I've seen it. I freaking loved it. <laughs> I couldn't believe how good it's. It's so good. It holds up so well. You will enjoy it even more. Schwarzenegger. Right. Th- this may be his best role. It this, probably is. This might be. It, he is so good. Jesse Ventura is fantastic. Carl Weathers, and just the action. The action is so good that you will see stuff that's ripped off from it to today mm-hmm. and it's also cool because the predator doesn't show up till about 30 minutes in the movie until you see him right. and actually see what he is so i mean you just don't see that with horror movies and stuff anymore but it is fantastic watch it and then watch Prey, and I plan on watching Prey this week. Yeah, I want to watch it, too. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I do plan to watch it. All right, so mine, I did end up watching The Sandman, and I will say this. Oh, okay. Uh, it is good. It is It is not for everyone. <laughs> I will go oh. ahead and tell you that much, but uh, it's it's kind of weird. Like, like they, It seems like they thought okay we're not sure if we're going to get two seasons so let's like cram two seasons worth of stuff into this because like the first five episodes is like one complete arc and then like episode six is like kind of an offshoot and like doesn't really kind of tie into 
the rest of it. But then episodes seven through ten are like a completely different arc. But it is absolutely when it this show when it is good it is spectacular some of the best television i've ever seen there are times when i'm just like okay i really don't know what you're doing but when it is at its best it is as good as anything you will ever watch uh episode five and six are some of the most brilliant episodes of television i've ever seen uh i loved those two episodes uh now i will say this if you do not like the the queer representation that is going on in hollywood you probably will hate this show because it seems like half the the cast is gay uh so like i said if you're not into that then you're probably not going to like this, but there are, like I said, when this show is good and when it's, when it's really doing what it does best, it is just absolutely fantastic. And I'll be interested if it gets a second season, which I think it will, but if, if it gets a second season, where, where they go with it, because it's just so bizarre and unique and there is nothing else like it on television. Uh, like I said, it's and because of that, there are times when it's just like, all right, I'm not sure what the point of this is, but episode six may be one of my favorite episodes of television of all time. It is just so fantastic. And like I said, it doesn't really seem to have anything to do with the rest of the show, but it's just so, so brilliant and beautiful. Uh, like I said, I, I really describe television shows as being beautiful, but that one, it absolutely was. So yeah. Uh, and, and I plan, and I plan on watching it and I would be shocked, man, a Neil Gaiman show like this on Netflix I, this feels like multiple seasons. Yeah, I, I, I feels like that way. I would, I would, I would expect that it gets multiple seasons. So, uh, my other one, I haven't. I've only seen like an episode and a half. There, it's rare that my wife and I can find something that we like on television together. Uh, she had mentioned wanting to watch Blackbird on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we started watching. She fell asleep, not because it was boring, just because she, it's the starter school and we're both exhausted. Uh, she fell asleep about halfway through the second one, so I stopped watching. But the first episode and a half look if it continues on that pace it's going to be one of the best shows i've ever seen uh it is so good taryn egerton is just absolutely fantastic i don't remember the guy who's kind of like the uh paul walter hauser thank you uh he's just fantastic great Kinnear is in it he's really good uh like i said i haven't seen a lot of it but what i have seen is just blowing me away i can't wait to to hopefully finish it um, with my wife watching it though <laughs> it may take me a while to get through it so uh but it's it was really good from what i've seen so far. yeah i had uh multiple friends mention this show that show this weekend yeah and it's on uh, apple tv plus so yeah and paul walter hauser i've seen his name mentioned a lot for emmy consideration because people are blown away by his his choices and role yeah performance yeah it's 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 really good at least what i've seen like i said i can't i haven't seen the whole thing and it's still the whole season hasn't finished yet i think they're like through like six or seven episodes of it so far so uh just really good so all right uh anything else you want to add just want to thanks thank everyone for joining us and we'll talk to you next time all right uh well before i echo those same sentiments i will say we are going to be covering the next episode of only murders in the building so if you haven't seen episode seven yet go check it out because we are getting ready to discuss it and we will release it on tuesday before episode eight comes out so uh other than that though i will echo those same sentiments and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true